what I'm suggesting to people now is that we have the platforms. We have Simple Clinic. We have Practice Better. We have platforms to connect and communicate in a safe way with our clients so that they're compliant with laws around privacy. So think about, yes, I could have an app, but what else could I be doing? How, where else could I have it? Apps are cheap now. So it might be, yeah, I still need an app because everything I'm giving to the person will be on the app and it's a nice, easy way for them to interact with me. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, coaches, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to the needs of you, the practicing natural therapist. We have interviews during the holiday season and business and mindset support each week so you'll get the variety you need to enjoy and stay motivated in your practice. Don't forget to subscribe to receive the weekly episodes. And if you want to connect with me, always check the show notes because that's where you'll find the links to book appointments and of course, to join the Academy, the membership group where there's constant connection and community with like-minded practitioners. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How the devil are you? So what we've got coming up over this month is a series of four podcasts. So I just thought it was time for another series. They're always good. We often binge listen to podcasts, don't we? So it's great having a series. So I thought we'd start adapting and changing to consumer trends. I thought maybe we can look back at what the changes are and looking forward to some of the future ones. Then, of course, we want to measure the impact and success of those changes and of other things that are going on and other things we choose to do and ideas that we're having. What are your KPIs? So I thought that would be number two. Then number three, innovations I've embraced and why. So there've been lots of innovations and I have to say that lots of things I've purchased over the years I've never actually used. So we're going to go into how that has happened, why that's happened, and what I'm doing now with all of these innovations that I have perhaps chosen to use or not chosen to use. And then, of course, we're at the end of December, embracing 2024. So I'm going to have a bit of a personal reflection and think about cultivating a mindful client-centric approach. So leading into next year, really thinking about how we can make sure that our business is revolving around our client and yet at the same time we're not overwhelmed we're not forced into a corner and made to work harder than we ever should so let's start with today's which is adapting to changing consumer trends so obviously and you know i'm using the word obviously because it might not be obvious to everyone but i reckon it is things went online didn't they 2020 boom we were all online prior to 2020 i was one of a handful who were working online because I mentor online. So I'm still working online. So I was able to help people get their services online. But now the people are back. They want to be sitting in your office. They want to be close to you. So how can you do that? Do you want to do that? Do you want to only see people perhaps who are overseas? How can you make sure that you are reaching to your ideal client in the way they want to be seen? We can have virtual consultations, we can have virtual therapy sessions to cater to the clients who prefer remote services. And some people might 
prefer remote services simply because they live so far away from you in the boondocks. So I remember I had a gentleman many, many years ago and he drove up from Narracourt. Now he had a lot going on and he drove like 400 kilometres to see me and he had to stay overnight in Adelaide. And so he drove up, he sent me all these photos of himself first and then I was like, maybe I don't actually need to see you. I don't know. You know, he's like, no, no, we're coming up anywhere. I'm coming up to see you. I was like, okay, great, brilliant. Can't wait for it. He came up. We went through everything. We sort of, I said, mate, you don't have to come up again. We can now do this by telephone. You know, it'd be great to see you again, perhaps when your next organized trip up is, but you shouldn't, 400 Ks, you don't have to do that. I catered to him by then having telephone calls and he did come up and see me a couple more times because he was coming to Adelaide for medical services and things like that. So people in the remote areas, they love it. They love being able to access you. But at the same time, if they're in remote areas, they actually like coming to town. They like coming to see people. They do their shopping. They do all the things. So maybe spreading it out. Like with him, I saw him. Then I didn't. I was on the phone to him for a few months and he came up. I saw him and then on the phone again. Now I'm only online. So I only see people online. But at the same time, maybe you can mix and match. Maybe you can mix it up for your clients. And when we're mixing it up, we want to see more clients, we can develop online workshops or courses to provide that educational content for our clients. Now, the question comes up quite a lot, do I niche or don't I niche? And I prefer to look at it as what do I like doing and what don't I like doing? Because what you don't like doing, you want to reject, right? Because then it's no longer something you enjoy, you're not giving back, you're just suffering under doing all the research, trying to get everything right for your client. That's not your ideal clients, having to ask everyone, everything, spending tons of time researching. But we can provide educational content to our ideal client. And that might be a multitude of people, like me, I was like pediatrics, but also the elderly. I love seeing the elderly. And when I say elderly, it's my own age group and bill. I'm not old, but so I should say the older person, shouldn't I? So when we think about where is my happy place? Because that is where we want to be talking to the world. That's where we want to be sharing that educational content. You could be creating recipes for your group of people, whatever it is, you know, online workshops and courses that your clients can start participating in. So they get some community. And community is really important, especially in this day and age. So when we think about seeing them, you know, we think about their program or that package or that workshop and programs and packages might not be for you or sorry, programs and courses might not be for you, but packages might be. I've had great success with packages over the years. I sell them in the first consult. I said, well, rather than just buying one consult for next time, you can buy three at a discounted price because I'm going to see you. You know, I've seen you today. I'm going to see you in two weeks time. I'm going to see you two weeks after that, possibly two weeks after that. And then we can start stretching it out. We will have around six appointments. Okay. So I've told them what the expectation is. So they're like, oh, I'm going to be seeing you that much. I might as well just buy a package. But now to see me, the only way to see me is to buy a package. And that's a great way of excluding people who aren't necessarily dedicated because they look at the price and they go, oh, I don't know. I've got to see you three times. Do I want to see you three times? And they don't book in. So I've already excluded people who are... Rather than, yeah, I'm going for it. Yes, it's going on my credit card, but I'm seeing her over X length of time, seeing her over a two-month period or a three-month period, and it's cheaper, so I'll be paying that off their credit card that way. 
So when we think we can create these personalized wellness packages, combining our various skills and the things that we've created over time, we're going to integrate that nutrition and mindfulness. There might even be a fitness element that you can combine into your services for that really comprehensive approach. It might be that you hate diet planning, you hate menu planning, you hate giving people recipes. And so you combine with a colleague who's into that sort of thing, but perhaps isn't a naturopath or they're a fitness instructor. And so they really want someone to create this food content for them. And you can be creating that one-to-one or group program with those people that your colleague wants to overall improve their health. So the next thing when we think about all of these things and changing and adapting, digital marketing changes all the time. So, you know, we've gone from Facebook to Meta, which shouldn't really have mattered, but the background of Meta is changing all the time. It's quite comprehensive. It's quite hard to understand if you're doing Facebook ads. You know, like me, I've done numerous trainings in Facebook ads over the years. And every time I do it, they've changed it again. They've changed it again. They've changed it again. Now it's just easier to say, hey, I'm going to pay you. Please do this marketing. It's digital marketing for me. But we have to develop that strong online presence, don't we? We need to be out there. And when I say a strong online presence, it's regular presence. It's that you're there. It's not that you're there one day and then gone for a month and then you're back for three days and then you're gone for a month. It's just being consistent. So if you consistently post once a week, you can consistently post three times a week, whatever it is, consistency is key. Remembering that you're promoting to the problem. So we're not saying advertising, I don't know, IBS. Instead, we're saying, have you got a grumbly tummy? One of my questions when I see my clients is, are you a fart or are you a burper? Because that actually gives me a ton of information. And that could totally be used as part of marketing. You know, what are those questions you ask your clients rather than saying, I work in female hormones. Oh, big deal. I live with female hormones. What is it you do? So it's these changes with digital marketing, but it's consistency that is key. So sharing those client testimonials, we can do that on social media. We're not an art pro. We can share those testimonials and they do make a significant difference. Those success stories, everyone can share success stories. Everyone can share case studies so that we build that trust and credibility. Remembering that when you're building that case study, you're not actually saying, Jimmy got B12 sublingual, so many milligrams a day, vitamin D, X number of milligrams per day, because Jimmy isn't the same as a person watching and so that could actually cause problems for them. So we just want to say B12, vitamin D, something else if you want to, but we want to not have it as a shopping list, remembering that we also don't want to be Instagrammers. We're not allowed to be Instagrammers, are we? We're not allowed to hold a bottle of herbs and say, I'll use this for something or other. We've got to be very careful with our digital marketing, but at the same time, we have to do it. I've spoken about collaboration and the partnerships. And of course, in digital marketing, don't you just get all of the emails all of the time from people going, hey, I've seen your brand and I love it. Do you want to get together? Whereas that's probably a no. But other people, you you know, look around because there might be someone you like the look of that you do want to interact with. And then you can PM or DM them on the back of one of their messages. Remembering that you should have your bots up and running to reply to these people. We can have apps. Apps are really big right now. People are creating their own apps. I had an app years ago when they weren't the in thing and they were really expensive to create and I had one and my family downloaded it. So that was great. What I'm suggesting to people now is that 
we have the platforms. We have Simple Clinic. We have Practice Better. We have platforms to connect and communicate in a safe way with our clients so that they're compliant with laws around privacy. So think about, yes, I could have an app, but what else could I be doing? How, where else could I have it? Apps are cheap now. So it might be, yeah, I still need an app because everything I'm giving to the person will be on the app and it's a nice, easy way for them to interact with me. So think about it and having that in-app messaging and things like that if you're going to do it. The other thing that comes up a lot is payment. I was having a discussion with somebody the other day and she nobody's bought my program. And I said, well, nobody's bought your program. So we need to look at what it's called. We need to look at what you're marketing. And we need to look at why they're not. You know, you've got your click-throughs and you can ask those people. You can message them and say, hey, do you want to have a chat? 15 minutes, find out what's going on. And then if that client says, I haven't got the money. And she replied, I have a payment plan and they can buy it all up front. Well, why haven't they got the money? What is their block? Is it a money block? Yeah. And that they have the money, but they don't want to spend it. Or is it a money block in that they just lost their job and they can't afford it? If we're doing a payment plan, we just want it paid before the end of whatever it is preferably in the first sort of month or two months. We don't want it going on forever. I've got someone who hasn't paid me at the moment. She's bought one of my courses, paid the first payment. She's done a lot of the work. She booked for her one-to-one with me and then the payment hasn't gone through and now she's ghosting me, which is ridiculous because you're professional and you're about to go out into the business world. So we don't ghost people out in the professional world. At least I hope she's just ghosting me. Nothing awful's happened, I've got to say. But we really want to make sure that we're behaving in a professional manner. If you've got the money to pay for something or your client hasn't got the money, you have to be open enough to have that discussion with them. Do you need a different payment plan? Do we need to change this up a bit? But payment, flexible payment plan options and plans, really great way of getting those clients in. I use Stripe, I can invoice with Stripe. I use Acuity for my scheduling calendar. You might be using Simple Clinical Practice Better, which means they can pay before they see you, but they can pay in various ways. And it's really important that we recognize those systems and we use those systems. Now, talking about that, of course, that leads us to client feedback and surveys. It's really important that we are asking our clients. Everyone in my academy has the email. Actually, I think I've posted it all over social media. It's probably in Strictly Education and Sport. It's probably in Strictly Practitioners, both the professional Facebook groups that I run. And it just is a 24-hour, automatic 24-hour email. It says, how did you go? Anything you want to ask me about, please reply to this email. So I'm setting boundaries, but I'm also asking for feedback. We can send out surveys, not as reliable. Often, if you send out a survey, do something at the end of it. If you complete the survey, I will donate ten dollars to breast cancer awareness or something think something so that it might encourage them to do it you know back in the day you would have got a paper one in the post and you got a free pen or something free pencil to go with it so we really we've got to encourage people to answer surveys it can be quite hard whereas getting that feedback we can get that at each appointment from the last appointment how did you go what did you manage those questions so that's feedback on them how they succeeded or didn't succeed in the changes they were meant to make. But feedback in my email, it says, I know I speak quickly. Is there anything you didn't understand or anything you need clarification on? Email me back. And it's really important that that is in there so that they can say, well, actually, I didn't understand that. I very rarely get that now. But I used to get more, how often am I meant to take that? Am I meant to take it in the morning or the evening or things like that? 
So it's really important that we have that opportunity for our clients to give us that feedback, especially if something's gone wrong. We don't want to have to find out about something going wrong through gossip or discussion or through our association because they've contacted our association and said, hey, this person didn't listen to me and they've taken my money. We really want to make sure that we're having these conversations with our clients, those deep conversations around their satisfaction. So I think I've already touched on community engagement, getting out there. Libraries are a fantastic place. They really want to be relevant to everybody and they offer classes and courses and talks to people who are members of the library. I'm community centre, so out in the community, going to markets, creating a few teams so you can go to a market, meet people, talk to people. But it might be that you do a webinar if you're online. There's all sorts of ways of getting out and creating that community engagement when we host events and workshops and webinars, etc. Finally, I think the last one is professional development because we've got to stay up to date, haven't we? We've got to be in the know about our area. That's one of the reasons why it's so much easier if we have areas that we enjoy, if we've sort of semi-niched or niched, because then we're only staying up to date with the research and the latest trends through professional development. We're only going to go to that seminar because it's on a subject we're interested in rather than having to go to all of them across the board. But we really need to know, you know, what are our clients? What are our clients' needs? What is our ideal client's needs? And can we upskill even more in that area? Can we make it easier? Can we have a greater flow in business because we've made life easier, because we've asked our ideal client what it is they're into? We may have truly niched and gone, right, I'm only doing skin. And so that's all you do. I'm only doing poop and that's all you do. But you might have gone, well, I like kids, I like older people. I don't really like mothers, but I really like, I don't know, menopause or woman or whatever it is. And so we have to advertise to them, we have to speak to them, and we have to have the professional development, so that the learning, so that we support them in the way they want to be supported. And each of those groups have different needs, and each of those groups have different styles, um, so that when we connect with those groups, we will be connecting in a different way. So hopefully, I've gone through a number of things that we needed to make sure that our natural therapy business can adapt and thrive in response to our changing customer preferences and needs. And it's really important that we're able to do that. If you need help from me, reach out, you know, email me, book a focus call. I'd love to chat with you. And since you've made it to the end, you know the deal. Five stars, please. Make a review, say how lovely I am and how helpful it was today. But if you need my help, reach out. I love getting emails. Geraldine at mentoringwithgeraldine.biz. I would love to catch up with you. I'd love to find out your feedback on my podcast. I'd love to find out your feedback on my mentoring. I'd love your feedback on what it is that you need in education and training so that I can provide that and I can support you in your natural therapies journey. So thank you very much for listening and I look forward to catching up with you really soon. See ya. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.